Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. And now, for fans of the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers, this is Cheesehead TV Live. Cheetahs don't stretch and neither do we. I think you're an idiot, and I mean that with the most respect possible that I can give to an idiot. Packers Hall of Fame quarterback, Jacob. Jacob. It's not as fun to say as equanimous. That is a perfect example of a wrong opinion. Ring the bell. Welcome back, Packers fans. What's up? Cheesehead TV Live. We're back after a one-week hiatus. We were not here last week because of life, and we're a day late this week. Not a dollar short, though. Not also because short. of life. I needed right. to get my candy. That's right. It was a trick-or-treat last night. Today's Thursday. It's Jason Perrone and Jeremy Vanderlinden of Cheesehead TV. That's right. Let's get some admin stuff out of the way. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. I am at Jason Perrone. Jeremy is at JeremyRVDL. The show is at CHTV Live. You're going to want to follow the show for a lot of the giveaways that we're going to do. And we got a, a bunch of new stuff and cool stuff that we're going to be yeah. giving away soon. So, Jeremy, happy happy uh, 1st of November. We're yep. in. We're into we're in the, November. We've gone through two months of NFL football already. I can't believe it. It's week nine. Doesn't it seem like the opener was just like, Last week, football tends to fly by once it starts. It's, it's like insane. It's totally hey, insane. The season's over. All right. All right. So listen, it's Thursday, and I I have to tell you, for those of you listening, you're probably having a lot of fatigue, still talking about Rams game stuff. So yes, we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to drill down on the same stuff that everyone's been harping on all week. I just have one thing to do. Yeah. Open my beer. There you go. All right. Crack a beer. Or or a, or an Arnie Palmer or a soda or a tea if you're not a drinker. We got a lot of folks in the chat. I want to give a huge shout out to everyone in the chat. We got a, we got Josh from Brisbane, Australia on the line. It's Friday morning. And he just said it was too early for a beer, and I'm like, it's never too early for that's a right. beer. Josh, crack open a beer, man. Well, it's uh, it's eight o'clock in Wisconsin, so that's all that really matters. All right, and so I think I think some of our listeners, like Parker, is like, "Where's the video?" And it, this is not transplants. We don't have video. We don't yet. have video yet. We are working on that. Yeah, we, we will. don't have it yet. We will soon. We will. We will have video soon. But uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Really appreciate it. This is Cheesehead TV Live. This is so we started doing this show in August. And so we we're relatively new on the, on the grand scale of things, but right. we generally go Wednesdays after transplants. But again, this week we're going a day later. So, all right, Jeremy, there was a game against the Rams, a lot of fallout and stuff that came from it. A lot of stuff's already happened this week because the team is back practicing. So first and foremost, a tough heartbreaker. Didn't get a chance to, to try to win the game because of circumstances that we're all aware of by, at this point. But was your, when we did this show at the Watershed in Tempe, and we do our live show every our pregame show every day, uh, every week at the Watershed in Tempe, Arizona, where we both reside. Right. And afterwards, we were kind of talking about it, and you were a lot more encouraged by what you saw than I was. So, are you still feeling encouraged? I, I okay. Well, yes and no. I'm not encouraged because, as we've talked about a few times, I don't believe in Mike McCarthy anymore with this team. I, I just think it's it's time for a change, and we all know that. I think everybody's on that page. However, there are a couple things to be encouraged about. How, the defense, for example. The defense right now has been playing really well and making plays when needed. So early in the game, the Packers had a chance to go up to uh, go up 17-0. Uh, 
and the offense couldn't get it together, but the defense put them in that position. The defense is currently ranked seventh overall. So defensively, huge jump for the Packers. Okay. But but to qualify that, that's total yards, right? I think so. It doesn't. It's, it's not a scoring it, yeah. efficiency. It's total yards. I okay. think it's total All yards. Right. So, but but knowing what we know, that's total yards, and and in your opinion, that is not a good qualifier for if you're actually a good defense. Not all of it. Correct? Right. I agree with you there. It's not the whole picture. However, the picture that we do know is a Packer team playing against the number one offense was able to hold them to two field goals at the end of that game and keep the offense in it and give them a chance to win. So those are the kinds of things that we've been seeing from this defense all season. So that's really encouraging. Uh, Some of the rookies still getting in on the action. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a stud, which, by the way, Geronimo Allison has a groin injury, so we're about to get a bunch more MVS. Yeah, that's not a drop-off, though. That's not a problem to me. I like Geronimo, and I want him to be able to play. My brother says he looks like a giraffe when he runs because he's got a ridiculously long neck. Uh, Geronimo Allison's great. I'd love to have him playing. But last week, number two receiver uh, for snap count was MVS. He, he had the second most uh, snap, the second highest snap count on the team that shake and bake on Marcus that shake and bake was on Marcus Peters that touchdown yeah that was a veteran I mean if if MVS isn't watching Devontae Adams footwork and practice I don't know how then he is a he's going to be a phenomenal receiver on his own that was footwork and it was phenomenal Uh, 83 all day he's great and here's the other thing too I don't know how much time we're going to spend on Tom Montgomery I gotta be honest with you we really they really build a ton of that into the script because there's some really anger. Tired. Well, the- <laughs> everyone's tired of hearing about it. But the point that I want to make is, is that the time Montgomery being gone means nothing to me. And it's, it's not just because of his actions last week and how disgusted I still am about those. But as a receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to, or uh, special teams, he's going to take over those return duties. Great. I Get hope the so. ball I mean, in his hands. He's fast. I hope so. And we're jumping around a little, but with, with Tremont Williams going back to safety, I don't want him returning any kind of punts, none of that. I don't want him back there doing any of that because you just shipped off your best safety. And I say that loosely because, you know, I don't really like HaHa Clint Dix. So they, they ship off HaHa, and now you need to have Tremont to play safety. He has to stay healthy. Do not waste him as a punt returner. Don't put him back right. there. Okay, so – the Rams game ends disappointingly. Uh, the reason I was not optimistic is because you only get one crack at them and you are now not going to be the number one seed in the NFC. So many of you are rolling your eyes and saying, well, the Packers weren't going to be number one seed anyway. They'll be lucky to make the playoffs. They're going to finish five and eight and if, or five, nine or five, 10 and one. According to some of the, the naysayers out there, listen, the NFC is still wide open. And it was disappointing because the Packers missed a huge opportunity. They, they could have won this game. Now, maybe they don't drive down and score. Maybe they don't win. Maybe they do get, you know, they Ty Montgomery doesn't fumble. Aaron Rodgers drives down and they turn the ball over. Or The offense was not, to your point, Jeremy, the offense was not giving a lot of reason to, to, to be overly optimistic. Right. They only needed a field goal so they wouldn't have had to drive all the way down and score. But it's, it's not a foregone yeah, conclusion. Yeah, but the problem is this offense this season – has proven that in clutch moments they've been able to put it together. They did it. They they've done it when they needed to, and they've figured now, out how to win games when they've needed the to. The Bears and the Niners wins both came down to that. Right. Right. Uh, so, you you want to put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands? We all know that. That that that's goal number one. But my point is the defense has done enough. And it, how great is it to have a defense that is ready to help you win right now? And how shitty is it to have an offense? That's not there anymore. Well, it's even worse when that offense is is uh, run 
by one of the best quarterbacks in the game, or maybe the best quarterback in the game. By the way, uh, before we sign off, probably one of the last things we're going to talk about is why this game is not going to settle any type of a debate about who the best quarterback in the NFL is. So we'll get to that later. So I guess if we want to start on the positive note, we got to stay with the defense. Okay. Right. And they did play well. They got three and outs on three straight possessions to start the game. The Packers were up 10, nothing. They should have gone into the locker room up 10, nothing. And they didn't, the wheels fell off at the end of the first half, but Jair Alexander returns from injury after missing two weeks. five passes defensed in one game. And He's I'm, a stud, I'm, man. It's not a fluke. And I'm it's Brandon Cooks, fluke. too. And Cooks isn't a bad receiver. Like, this isn't some yeah. low-end roster guy. It's the best receiver on the roster. And and Jair's, Jair's not only covering him, but he's he's making plays on the ball. He's, he's, he's breaking up passes. He's not just defending him well. He's getting between him and the ball and, and, and breaking up passes. And so that... Very impressive showing by Alexander. Patrick Taylor on the chat says Alexander will be the punt returner. I don't think I would mind that, but I don't really want to risk injuring him either uh, because the now with with Ha Ha gone and you have to shuffle some pieces. Cobb, I, I'm nervous to mess. With, yeah, no, like Cobb's, Cobb, right? Because Cobb, Cobb's Cobb snaps on offense are going to go. They're down going anyway. down. They're going down. So and use him. Use him where he's most valuable. Cobb, Cobb on offense is really valuable when a play breaks down. He's the most valuable player on the team in that moment. However. I would rather see Equinemius on the field more and take some snaps from Cobb and give him to Equinemius. Yeah. Because Equinemius is going to be playing in the slot next yeah. year when Cobb Every is gone. time he catches the ball, is it not the most textbook-looking catch? Right, like it's really clean. Dude, it's, it's really like, clean. Like he's got both hands up. He looks just like an instructional video. And he right. catches the ball and he <laughs> tucks it away and runs. It's amazing. He's a robot, man. Okay, he's I think a football gonna, robot. All right, in the chat, I'm going to try to pronounce this. So, Amin Karim, if I pronounce, mispronounce your name, I'm so sorry. I need to see the D do it two more games before I start believing. That's fair because – they did well against the Rams, but you want to, it's the trends and you want to see right. it continue to roll. If they play well against New England this weekend and they hold them, you know, close to 20 points, right? I, I think you could be had. The so defense I, is legit. I, we'll talk about them, them against New England because it's a familiar opponent for, for Mike Pettin. Unfamiliar opponent for the Packers, but Mike Pettin uh, did plenty of coaching against the Patriots. And yes, it's so, a different team, many different players, but Tom Brady's still there and Bill Belichick's still there. Right. So he knows their trends. So anyways, defensively, I would say I wouldn't say I'm I'm in totally in the believer category yet either because I want to see them do it for a full game instead of pieces of a game because they are a defense that will play a quarter or two in a game looking like absolute donkey, just absolute trash. And so and I don't know if absolute trash is that that might be a little too harsh, but there have just been moments in games where the defense kind of falls apart a little bit and then they get it back together by the end of the game. So I'm not fully in the, in the believer category, but look what they're doing on that defense with a lack of talent at a few positions. Safety has not been good this year. Outside linebacker is not good. And they're still able to put it together with missing pieces on that defense. Offensively, they don't have very many missing pieces and they can't get their shit together. Yeah. Like it's, it's just the, it's polar opposites right now, offense and defense. So on, on the defensive side, this, the Packers traded away Ha Ha Clinton Dix to the Washington. So the the prevailing idea is that between Jermaine Whitehead and Tremont Williams practicing at safety, that's how you're going to mitigate yeah. Ha Ha Clinton Dix being gone. And there's been a lot of debate about whether or not that makes the safety position better or not. I will caution everybody against thinking that Tremont is, is going to be a huge answer. He is a lot smarter and I think he's got his head in a, be a, in a better place. Sure. He's he's got his head in a better place, but he has been beaten and can be beaten 
And, it, and just because he's back at safety doesn't mean it's not going to still happen and frustrate us. So I'm not saying that he will. He's good in coverage. Right. He's good. To I think have. it's an upgrade because he's he will be assignment sure. And Haha wasn't. It didn't. It didn't matter if Haha made three plays in a game. He probably also had five plays that he missed on that that were big plays. Well, you know, if he you saw the clip of the two point conversion. It makes you want to puke because he just stood there and did nothing. And I I don't think you're I, that that I won't miss. That's right. something I'm uh, not going to miss about Clinton Dix. But I I. I'd caution everybody against Tremont being the answer back there just because we like him so much. And he's, he's not smart. a long, no. Well, and, and Clinton Dix, call it what it was. He was in the right place in order to, he had three interceptions on the season. He was, he was getting turnovers right. or, or creating them. So, you know, that's something that hopefully these other guys can step in and create. Uh, Jair Alexander is going to start. He had five passes defense. I guarantee you he won't have five in a game without having a turnover in, in the future because he's right. just too good. Right. He's, he's just too good. So now you've got options, though, because Brian Gutekunst was smart. He brought Brashad Breland in. Mm-hmm. You've got Josh Jackson. Yep. You've got guys you can rotate in at There's corner a lot now of depth at corner. to make up for right. Tremont moving so back. So thank God Gutekunst has done a fantastic job with rebuilding broken pieces of this team in one offseason to the point where they have enough flexibility to make a move like this to get rid of HaHa, which we should talk about the details of that. Uh, John Booker in the chat says trends are more than one game. Well, let me tell you something, John. It's not been one game that, that the defense has played well. If they're ranked seventh in the league right now, eight weeks into the season, I would say there's some kind of trend there. And they have played well when they've needed it this season. Yes, there yeah. have been times when things have fallen apart, but the defense has done. Here's what I'll say about the defense. It's not all world and it's not, you know, it's not. Um, they're not where we wish they would be. However, they do make plays when they're needed. They have done that throughout the season, and that is a trend. They make stops when it's needed. They give the offense the ball back when it's needed. It has happened multiple times. It has helped this team win two big games this year, and there is a trend on this defense. They show up when it's needed. They are. It is an impressive defense, not player-wise necessarily, but schematically they're able to put some things together. Well, one of the things that we're not talking about because it's it's fun to talk about the secondary because there's so much going on between the trades and the way they played last week is right. the front. And that yeah. is Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark right. wreaking absolute havoc. And you're going to, you know, New England doesn't have the same kind of personnel, even though Cooper Cup was out for the Rams. Right. New England doesn't have the same kind of personnel that the Rams did. Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, I think, are going to be a problem for New England. Right. They create up there. Right. And Dean Lowry made, you know, made, if you made collapse the pocket in the middle against Tom Brady, it's trouble. He will struggle. It's trouble. Blake Martinez, who's, who's, who's been, you know, he's been good. He had a good game. So I think, I think it's going to open up some things. And it looks like the Patriots might be without Shaq Mason. He's their best offensive lineman. He's the, uh, he's the right guard. So the interior of that line is going to be struggling against Kenny Clark well, and Mike Daniels. I so, mean, they're both having a good season, but Kenny Clark's having a oh, Kenny Clark is over brilliant. the top Pro Bowl season. Yeah, he has broken out, but he won't yep. make the Pro Bowl for another year because there's always that stupid lag. Right. So, in terms of putting it all together and and the entire defensive unit, they've got to, they still need to get some more contribution from the outside linebackers. Kyler Fackrell had a sack last week. Okay, but he is a rotational he need him to continue doing what he's doing. It's, I mean, at least he's contributing, make all the jokes you want to He's the Jeff Janice of the defense, but he's doing what he's doing, what he needs. Jeff Janice caught that Hail Mary in the Cardinals game too. Right. I mean, so he he made plays when at times he was still Jeff Janice in the end, a losing effort. Right. So, uh, you, you, but Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Nick Perry, 
probably the most defensive, but disappointing guy on the entire team this yeah, year, man, both I, off, I, either on offense or defense. I was talking to my brother about this guy today. Like, where, where the hell is Nick Perry? He should be the best outside linebacker on this team right now because with Matthews getting older, he's not what he used to be. Nick Perry should be stepping up into the role of the most dominant outside linebacker on the team. And where the hell is the guy? We he he can set the edge playing the run, but he is not getting in the backfield at all. Like he was, he is the he is the Cletus Hunt of contracts that Ted did uh, in his time as general manager. That was that was a miss there, giving him all that money, right. Nick, Nick Perry. So Ruben G says Nick who? <laughs> yeah, well, Patrick Taylor says Perry would have at least two sacks if we were playing, playing flag, flag football. football. Well, yeah, but you know, and that's I mean. Perry, who opposing offenses are asking the same question because he's 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 so ineffective. So, I think I think on the defensive side, there's there was reason to be encouraged offensively. Okay, let's just start with the whole Montgomery thing because Montgomery was a big part of the offense. He was a rotational running back. He got a lot of snaps, and then he right. had the special teams gaffe at the end of the game. Everybody wants to talk about the gaffe and 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 that, and that's been you know he's with Baltimore now. He's a Raven. Right. And a week ago at this See time, later, there buddy. wasn't even any danger of him being traded. This literally developed and happened because of one play. And it was really dumb. It was a really dumb play. I don't buy the whole Ty Montgomery's uh, rationale that he thought the ball was questionably in the end zone and that he, to be safe, had to bring it out because mm-hmm. he didn't want to lose the touchback. That's crap. That's garbage. Yes. Total garbage. Then he fumbles the ball, shockingly. Right. Because that would happen. That's the way it goes. Right. Then... He doesn't talk to the media. Now the team didn't make him players available apparently afterwards. So I, I don't, I don't know whether that was Montgomery or the right. team, but he did duck reporters according to a lot of them when they did have an opportunity to speak with him. He didn't want to talk to him. Then when he did open his mouth and talk to them, he was upset that anonymous sources talked to Michael silver right. and complained about Montgomery being ticked off. And then he went rogue and, and Montgomery said he had a trust issue with some of his teammates and he right. started getting, chastised online and I'm going to jump in and just say something. Everybody wants to be, you know, the one to grow on voice and talk about how it's awful that people are making threats at Ty Montgomery. I I don't think there's any question about that. I think we're all adults and we know that. Right. Okay. Enough, enough of the chastising of the people who are threatening Ty Montgomery. They are idiots. Yes. Right. I guess it's like, don't give them, don't give them a platform. Well, just, like, don't even talk. Like, everybody ignore them. Ty Montgomery is ignoring them. We should ignore them. Like, it's Thursday. you're all idiots. It's Thursday. If you know somebody on Twitter that did that, just just block them. Unfollow them. Like, I, you know, just let's all move on. There are idiots talking to Ty Montgomery. But guess what? Surprise, there's idiots on the internet. That's, I mean, that is the internet. You know, this whole, you know, like, if, you, if, you're, if you're one of those people, unfollow me. If you're one of those people you know, shame on you. And it's like, are, do you really think you're getting through to them? Just let it go. Just right. let it go. People are idiots. If they're going to be idiots, they're adults. They're the, you know, karma is going to get them anyway. So All right. anyway, getting back to it, Ty Montgomery's gone. I couldn't be happier about it. I wanted him gone. The second that happened, I'm really disappointed because that was a player I never saw come. I don't know if, how many of you watch WWE. That was a heel turn right there. That was like a major unexpected heel turn. That was like a Dean Ambrose special right there. <laughs> yeah. So hold uh, on. So I want to go back to something you said, because you said it was one play, but I'm going to argue that it wasn't. Um, all of us fans are, are frustrated with the way Mike McCarthy is using the running backs. Last week, Aaron Jones was averaging what seven. He averaged 7.4 yards a carry. My blood is boiling already. All right. 
So he averaged 7.4 yards a carry. The offense has a chance wait, to go up. Wait, wait, hold on. That number is really freaking amazing. Ridiculous. And I think I might be low. I'm just, I, I, I don't know the stat, to kind of spend but an extra seven second something. on that frick. That is a massive right. average. It is seven something average. I, I think it was 7.4. I could be wrong. If somebody in the chat wants to look at that up, that'd be cool. Cause I'm, I'm just being lazy anyway. So his average is insane. The offense is moving the ball. They have a chance to go up 17 to nothing and out trots Ty freaking Montgomery. Are you kidding me with this? Like Jamal Williams is good and I'm glad he's on the team. Aaron Jones is an absolute stud. Ty Montgomery didn't deserve to be on the field. Didn't deserve to be on the field. 6.2. 6.2. Ah, no. Okay. It well. was 7.2 against the Rams. So you were right about the Oh, number. yeah. That's what I was talking about. Again, yeah, it, was, okay. it was against the Rams. 6.2 on the season. Okay. So 6.2 is really damn good. That's great. Use that guy. So you're you're rolling on offense, and you have a chance to go up 17 to nothing, and you bring out Ty freaking Montgomery? If anything, bring out Jamal Williams. And by the way, Mike McCarthy, when you're backed into the end zone and your freaking running back's ass is touching the goalpost, bring in Jamal Williams, not Aaron Jones. What a stupid decision in the first place. Yeah, the personnel was a problem. But the play call is still questionable whether or not it was McCarthy or, or Rodgers didn't check into a pass. I got to say something, okay? While we're talking about Aaron Jones, he's played in five games this season, and in each game he has had a run of at least 16 yards or more. He's a stud, man. I mean, he's a legit stud. Uh, he's got two 30-yard runs. He had one against Buffalo, and he had one. Uh, the touchdown run against the Rams was 33. Okay. That's his longest so, run of the year. So let me get back to my point because I, I kind of forgot where I was. But I got mad, and then I started – everything turned red, and I forgot what I was talking about. So I would argue that it wasn't one play. I think just like all of us fans, Brian Gutekunst is watching this team. And I think he is also frustrated with the way the running backs are being used. There is no way that Brian Gutekunst is sitting up in the booth watching the way Mike McCarthy uses these running backs and thinks, hey, this is good enough. He is probably very happy to have Ty Montgomery off this team so that Mike McCarthy doesn't have the option anymore. Mike, Mike was botching the running back group from the beginning of the year, and they needed to remove the option. Yeah, that's what it is. I saw it on Twitter, and I think it was Peter Bukowski. Sometimes the front office has to take a player away from the coaching staff because there's a bond, there's a trust, there's a relationship there, and it's too tempting to misuse players or not put your best guy on the field. This is something, this Aaron Jones situation is something that when Mike McCarthy is not coaching the Packers, probably after this season, <laughs> that is going to get pointed to for years and years and years right. to come in the conversations that you're having with random other Packers fans at the bar. You only have a short time with a running back. You only have a short time because eventually they start to lose that burst, that speed. They start to lose that ability. Aaron Jones is having a good year. Every time he's on the field, he touches the ball. He you does only, something awesome. And you only have this year. You have this year, next year, and the year after of cheap Aaron Jones. Right. So you better ride it. Because after that, if he continues to do this and becomes the starting running back, I, this guy's. I think he is, he is a fringe star player. He can, he can push himself over the edge. If you put him in a premier role and you give him the opportunity, I think he will, and eventually you won't want to pay him because you're going to decide, well, he can just draft another one because that's, that's a decision that's, that's made around the NFL all the time. The Le'Veon Bell situation, he wants to be paid lots of money. Fantastic running back, probably the best in the league. Pay, the, the Steelers don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay him. They shouldn't. And so Aaron Jones could be a guy who – who's overpriced at the at the end of his rookie deal and then he'll be gone like so he's in town now and he's good right now and he's cheap right now put his ass on the field and use him 
Put both of them on the field. I mean, let him earn some of his, um, you know, escalators and bonus money because he's going to. I mean, he's absolutely fantastic. If he can, if he can get some more pass blocking ability in there and he can, he can catch a ball and they can get him worked into the, the short passing game, he's, he's might as well be a James White. Right. And we're going to see a lot of James White uh, of the Patriots this weekend against the Packers. I'm done yelling so, for now, by the way. No, I, you, I, can, I, you can take your earmuffs off. You owe a second rant because there was no show last week, so you better pick another gotta, topic okay. to get fired up about. So on offense, the Packers got to figure out what's going on in the red zone. They get to the red zone. They've got to punch it in the end zone. They're not doing mm-hmm. it. And you've got this rift. I shouldn't say rift. You've got this problem between Mike McCarthy calling plays, Aaron Rodgers calling plays. Who is it? Is Rodgers okay with the calls? He said after the Rams game that Mike calls the plays, he calls the two-minute offense. So he basically was saying that run out of the end zone was a Mike McCarthy call, but the slant was wide open. to our. Uh, it was, it was an, an RPO. Option. It was an option. He could have thrown the slant. He had one-on-one coverage with Marquez Valdez-Scanling. You right. trust 83. How can you not give him a chance to make that play? He tried to throw to Marquez Valdez-Scanling one-on-one in the end zone against the Niners before they threw to Adams for the winner. Yeah. So you trust Marquez yeah, Valdez-Scanling there. enough. There's Why didn't you – why did you not try to take that shot? You're Aaron Rodgers. Like, and he's, he's healing. He practiced all week. Yeah. And I think the brace is coming off soon. Right. And he's got some of that mobility back. So the offense, I, I want to see the offense take over or take off, but they've got to get more efficient in the in the red zone. Right. They've got to get more efficient. So I, w- I want to say one last thing about Ty Montgomery before um, I forget that he ever existed as a Packer because, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Uh, you're a kick returner. You returned kicks in college. You know what you're doing. And as a kick returner, you're told stand on the goal line. If you have to take two, three steps back, you know you're in the end zone. It's as simple as that. So, hey, did you step backwards to receive that ball? Yes, you did. He knew where he was. His excuse is bullshit and it's a lie. He can say what he wants, but there's absolutely no way he didn't know where he was. There's absolutely no way. I don't, I don't buy it. You, you've been in the league for long enough. You've returned kicks in, in, throughout your career in various places. It doesn't make any sense to me that you didn't know where you were. It's a bullshit excuse. You wanted to make a play because you were mad. End of story. Don't lie. Don't come out. Don't come out and get mad at your teammates because they spoke the truth about what you did. It was a bad, bad, bad decision. Don't feed us a line of BS. Well, he got moved on. How do you feel about the accountability, Brian Gutekunst? He's moving on. Ha, ha, ha. said, I don't think I'm going to be here. You're gone. Ty Montgomery, I think I have a trust issue and I don't listen to my coaches. You're gone. Yay. I, I love yep. it. Bye-bye. Okay, so let's talk about haha for a minute because people are frustrated. I, I have some friends who are mad. They were mad because of the compensatory picks. Oh, you, you would probably get a fourth compensatory pick. And I said it last Sunday that I thought maybe they'd get a third, a third round pick. But somebody in the chat brought up the safety uh, position in free agency this year and how slow that market was and how low those guys were paid. Well, that's a good point. So probably they wouldn't have got a third round compensatory pick. Right. Well, the totality of what you do in free agency, it's not just that that position, the totality factors into it. Right. So, so they probably weren't going to get a third. They maybe would have gotten a fourth, but that was only going to happen if they didn't go out and sign anybody in free agency. This isn't Ted Thompson's Packers anymore. So Packer fans are all mad about compensatory picks and Brian Gutekind's like, who gives a shit? Let me get a fourth and I'll go out and sign a free agent because if he went out and signed a free agent, and they didn't get if if they didn't trade haha and they let his contract end and then they went out and signed some free agents that equaled the total of the contract of haha's contract they would get nothing for him 
trading him now for a fourth round pick, a guy at the end of his contract, the Redskins aren't guaranteed that he's going to stay in Washington. That was a fantastic move by Brian Gutekunst to guarantee you get a fourth round pick. And in the offseason, you know he's going to go spend some money in free agency. He's going to do it. So they probably weren't going to get anything for him compensatory pick wise. To get a fourth round pick, it's a it's a bold move, but it's a really good move, and I, I like it a lot. Well, it secures a fourth round pick when it might have ended up being like a six. Right. You know, if they because right. they're gonna they're gonna have cap space and they're gonna get after free agents. You know, I'm not encouraged by all the guys they've tried to go after and not gotten. They were in on the Dante Fowler conversation. Whether you want Dante Fowler or not, and I'm not convinced Fowler's that great. I'm not one that's a huge fan of his, so that wasn't a big miss to me that they didn't get him. I wanted Bruce Irving. And he ended up, yeah, well. Because he would have come cheap. That's all. Sure, okay. He's a rental, and you're not going to bring him back, though, and and I guess uh, it, it might have helped. Depends on what the Raiders wanted. Apparently, they wanted a, a late pick, and, and uh, Goody doesn't want to part with those for some reason. Right. But it – they're going to they're gonna get after guys, and they're going to have options to replace some of these other players. And, and it's going to affect – they're not going to have much in the way of comp picks, and comp picks aren't great. You right. want your own picks. You want your own picks. And besides, as Packer fans, we begged for years for Ted Thompson to go sign free agents, right? And now we here we have a GM that will go sign free agents, and we're all in a tizzy about, about compensatory picks. Like, it's fine. We won't get any compensatory picks, but I guarantee you – Brian Gutekunst is going to go make a signing this offseason that would have wiped out that comp- compensatory pick anyways. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I hope he does. I hope he's able to land the player because they couldn't get Khalil Mack because the Raiders didn't want to talk to the Packers, and that was a special circumstance, and Jacksonville didn't end up doing the deal with the Packers for Fowler. Right. It, it just didn't. If it the did... safety market is what it was this season, the, in the offseason, if there's a bunch of safeties out there, don't I mean he'll probably go out and get one. I mean Earl Thomas is going to be available. Yes, he's old and he's got the injury now. He's going to have to come back from. But there are going to be multiple safeties out there in free agency, and the market will probably remain slow. And Goodikins knows he can probably go get one for cheap. Who's going to come in and play well? So free agency is totally an option here in Green Bay, and we need to consider that more, especially when we're getting all frustrated about things. We Brian Goodikins is is not Ted Thompson. By the way, speaking of that. Gutekunst actually, after making the moves, met with the media. That How un-Ted is that? That is, like, Ted would meet with the media, what, twice a year? At the Combine if that, if that. and maybe one other time. If maybe. That. If that. So to have, a, to have a GM who's accountable who will go to the table and say, hey, this is why I did, I did what I did is really refreshing. I, I'm, I am very satisfied with, uh, with what Brian Gutekunst has done since he's, since he's been GM. Anyways. Let's move on. What else is there? What are we talking about? So we pretty much went through the Rams game. It's that's water under the bridge. I, I will say this. I, I do think if the Packers have to go back to Los Angeles in the playoffs, we're first of all, a very lucky that they made it because the Rams are going to have a bye. That means the Packers at least survived the wild card round and they're going back to LA. So that's a good thing. First of all, and they can win. I think they can. They can they can win. But I, you know, that doesn't mean I think they will, but they right. can. They they can win. So the only thing left now because it's so late in the week is for us to to kind of look forward now and kind of move forward and talk about the Patriots game. So the right. Packers are playing the Patriots and this whole it's Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady thing. Let's Let's start with that because this this really boils down to whether or not you're a QB wins person or not, and I'm not. 
I'm not a QB wins. I don't think there's such a thing as quarterback wins. And they don't face off head-to-head. It's Aaron Rodgers running the Packers offense and Tom Brady running the Patriots offense, and they don't face each other like a batter and a hitter. It's not the same thing. So any, you know, this is going to settle who's the GOAT, who's the greatest of all time, and which quarterback is better. That's You're never going to settle that debate. It's going to be as lively and more lively after this game than ever. And whoever wins is going to claim their guy won and their guy's better. And the whoever loses is going to is going to be ticked off and trying to shoot barbs back. Don't do it. It doesn't. This game doesn't solve anything. The Packers need to win, though. Right. They have to win this game because they lost last week and we knew it was going to be tough for them to pull it out. But now they kind of have to have this one because, you know, say what you will about a weak NFC and that you know, eight wins or nine wins might get you in the playoffs. You want preferred standing. Right. And the NFC North is still there for the taking. The Vikings lost on Sunday night football to the saints. The saints look like they're going to be factors, which kind of stinks because our first round pick first round pick yeah. hinges on how well they do. And right now they're one of the best teams in the NFC and they're going to be facing the Rams soon. And if they win that game, the saints suddenly become the team to beat right in the NFC. So, it's you got to have preferred standing and you've got to win games. And this, you know, it's an AFC matchup. So theoretically it's not that catastrophic if they lose and it's a tall tale to ask them to do in Foxborough. Right. But you're getting to the point now where you can't really afford to lose too many games for, for the purposes of getting your team, you know, confidence, mm-hmm. getting back on track. It's been a long time since they've won a game and it's been a long time since they've won a game with handily. They've only won one this season against Buffalo, and that's that's one of the worst teams in the NFL. Right. I, so, I'm not I'm I'm not afraid of the Patriots. That's that's where I'm at on it. It's not like I think the Packers are going to get in there and roll, but I, I'm not afraid that the Patriots are going to roll on them. I think it's going to be a close game, and and honestly, after the performance they had against the Rams, I am confident that they can beat a good team. They they could have won that game. Ty Montgomery took that op- opportunity away. They can they can beat good teams in this league. They should have one more win on their record. I mean that can't be that can't be stated enough. They this Packer team can win games. They can beat good teams, and they have the talent for it. The frustrating thing has just been, you know, what the hell is Mike McCarthy doing, especially with the running back group. Uh, so we have a couple questions in the chat. Um, let's see. Caden asks, how do you think Tremont will do at safety? We did touch on that a little bit, but uh, Jason, how do you think Tremont's going to do at safety? I think he'll do fine. I don't think he's going to be locked, locked down or shut down back there. Right. You know, I just don't. There's too many things going on, and he's like any other player. He can get beat. He's the, he's the one that got beat four years ago when he was younger and more viable on that last play in Seattle. So mm-hmm. it can happen. It's not like he's the answer to everything, and he's this immediate huge upgrade. But Everyone, he's a great stopgap. He is a great, oh, like, for sure. this is a really this, good this is why answer bring, right now. This is why you bring a guy like this in, and maybe they didn't foresee this happening when they signed him. They wanted right. him to be cornerback depth, but... But he, he played safety for, for Petten with the Browns. You know, he's he's done it before. He played yep. a little safety last week, mm-hmm. so he can play the position in this defense. He knows it. He's going to be assignment sure. Tremont Williams isn't a... He's not an attitude problem like ha-ha. He's not a, he's not a douchebag. Okay, he's a he's a level-headed guy who wants to win football games, and I'll take that over all the talent Ha Ha has every day of the week. It's an upgrade. It, it is an addition by subtraction. I love it. I think Tremont's going to be fine. It's not going to be crazy or anything, but I do love the idea of him back there sniffing around for the football. I, I think that's going to be that's going to be nice. Uh, King KY ninety six asks, will they move Josh Jones to free safety? I think Josh Jones is going to get snaps. McCarthy said that he's earned a shot. The way that he played on special teams last week, 
McCarthy was really impressed, and he, and he feels like he's earned a shot to get some snaps. Well, you better get him some snaps because right. he apparently is starting to fall asleep. Do you see him on that that radio show where J.K. Scott was talking about punting and the the mechanics <laughs> no. of it, and Josh Jones is like practically falling asleep? I, I mean, <laughs> give him a shot back there. I want to see what he can do in coverage because that's the one thing we don't know about him. But right. I'm okay with giving him some snaps. You have to now because you don't have uh, you don't have ha ha back there anymore. So. Um, how would you rate Goot's performance? Do we see them go after a guy like Earl Thomas? I, I don't want Earl Thomas. I don't want an old safety in here. Like I want guy, younger guys. A guy like Earl Thomas, though? No, but I want. I want. If you're going to get a safety and you're going to try to replace HaHa Clinton Dix, and you're not going to use one of the guys in the roster, don't try to plug a, a fifth or sixth rounder in there. Right. It's not going to work. Well, okay. Look at look at what happened this offseason. Kenny Vaccaro sat around for a long time. Eric Reed sat out there for a long time. We all know why that happened. Um. Trey Boston was out there for a long time. The Packers had opportunities to grab some guys, and I think they're going to have some of those opportunities again next offseason. So they don't need a name like Earl Thomas. They just needed they needed to go sign one of those guys who are going to play consistent football. That's what they needed, and they didn't do it, unfortunately. However, next offseason, they're going to have plenty of money. I think I saw somebody in the chat say estimated 45 to $50 million in cap space next year. Yeah, we've been hearing that, and I think that's based on Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews not coming back and the fact that they don't have to necessarily re-sign anybody. Nobody's a, a must or a risk. That was Patrick, leave. by the way. So Thanks, Patrick. That's a good amount of, yeah, that's a good amount of draft or uh, cap space to, to work with, but that's after the season, so that's that's a ways out. So if I'm going to give Gutekunst a grade, though, I'm so far, I don't want to be too optimistic, so I'm going to give him a B plus. Because let's see some of this stuff actually pour into next season. Yeah, I'd like you know to see what? some of these rookies can continue to play well. You know, a little more trend on the rookies playing the way that they are, and that grade would go up. But so far, so good. Like I think, I don't think anybody else would have had this good of a start as a GM, or better at least. They wouldn't have had a better start as the Packers GM. It's a great start. He's done really well. I was gonna say B, but I guess because of how active he's been and willing to try new things, I could go B plus as well. Right. Uh, do you think Jake Ryan gets off uh, John Benson IR? Will he start, or is the rookie making a good enough impression? I think Jake Ryan is done in Green Bay. He'll come right. back and he'll be healthy enough to play, but the Packers won't bring him back. Well, can Oren he come Burks, off IR? Didn't he? What did he injure? Wasn't it like a torn ACL? ACL. How long is the? the I you probably don't know, but I, I feel like the uh, recovery time for that is he's not going to come back this year. Not this season, and they won't bring him back. So he's not going to come back. Oren Burks has shown at least enough that they they can roll with him and Blake Martinez, and then whatever they else they decide to do at inside backer. So Jake Ryan's done in Green Bay. I'm all but sure of it. Right, and you know. I get the idea of trying to trade a guy and try to get some value for him. They were able to do it with Ty and with HaHa. You can't do it with just anybody. You can't just, you know, like I see if we trade Nick Perry. I, no one's going to trade for Nick Perry right now because Nick Perry is not a good value. He has his, no value. His production has been so bad and so low, and his salary is so high. Maybe that, that, John Gruden will. I mean, it's going to take an idiot. On That's that note, so on that note, Stephen A. Smith says that Aaron Rodgers after the season should request a trade from the Green Bay Packers because he's being so wronged and, and misused and and they've been so under, you know, they've, they've underachieved and, and Aaron Rodgers should request a trade. He does understand that a team willing to trade for Aaron Rodgers is going to have to absorb that salary that they just signed him to, right? Does he understand this? Yes. Stephen um, A. Smith Stephen is a basketball a guy. He should be probably focusing on basketball. By the way, right now, Bucks finally making a little bit of a game of it against the Boston Celtics. Down by 10. Down 10. That's right. That's Fo what we're watching tonight. Focus we're on watching the Bucks. So back to football. So what do you think? What do you think, Jeremy? Aaron Rodgers request a trade? 
That's the most moronic thing that I've ever heard. He wants to finish his career in Green Bay. He's happy in Green Bay. I don't think he likes Mike McCarthy. We've, you know, we've talked about that a bunch. Actually, let's lump this question in with it. Spicy Shots asks, do we think Mike McCarthy's time is done? We've gone over this a few times, a few different episodes. Yes, I think Mike McCarthy's time is done. I don't think Aaron Rodgers likes Mike McCarthy. I don't and like, okay, maybe that's a little harsh. I don't think Aaron Rodgers likes Mike McCarthy as his head coach anymore. I don't, I don't think he likes the way that Mike's running things. We have seen a pissed off Aaron Rodgers for a few years now. Now, now he's actually been okay this year where he seems pretty happy. But I think Mike has done a piss poor job with some things that are inexcusable. And there is a, a long running trend with the, the Packers. That is a, you know, a team that just can't keep their crap together. So yeah, I think McCarthy's time. Well, is he done. makes befuddling decisions. I mean, he hangs on to guys too long. Your boy Ripkowski, the fullback situation. Right. We didn't even get to this. Let's talk about this now. This is a great opportunity. So I hated Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery in the backfield, the Cobra package. Yeah. I hated that because it was too gimmicky and it was too obvious what was going to happen. Now, with Marcus Valdez-Scaling in the mix now, and you've got what Ty Montgomery was before, if they were to bring Cobb in and put him in the backfield, actually now I'm more okay with it because I don't think it necessarily telegraphs what they're going to do or exactly what they're going to do. But to your point, instead of just Mike McCarthy, instead of just going with the two-man rotation and keeping it simple, right? giving Jones his 15 touches a game and give Jamal Williams the other eight or nine, he's going to work Cobb in there. And it's going to be for like, he's going to take away a, a third of Aaron Jones and like half of Jamal just Williams snaps. It. No, I mean, seriously, this is the kind of example I'm trying to give right. to make your, to help you make no, your point. You're right. He's stubborn and he does dumb things. And these right. are the reasons why the, the success is questioned. Like, hell, uh, timeout Montgomery's gone, but I still have options yes. to run this thing that I believe is going to work, right? Like, yeah, okay. I, I don't want to believe that that would happen. I hope it won't, but totally concede. Mike still trying to ram that square peg into a round hole. He is the most stubborn guy. He just, he, if he believes that he can accomplish something, he is going to fight for it. Rick Cotton says enough of tie and ha ha focus on Brian Gutekunst. He seems to have a plan. Yes, we he know does. That. Yeah, we yes, know he that. Does. So they have 10 picks in next year's draft as it stands, as it currently stands, which includes two firsts, two fourths and two sixths. Sixth. Nice Sixth. job. Good job. And that's with a beer. I was fighting through yeah, that. No, that was tough. You did it though. You uh, nailed it. Seriously, they're loaded for next year's draft. And if he continues to draft the way that he did this year, if he can pull out high quality players out of out of next year's draft with the amount of picks that he has, I'm confident. However, I don't just think that that's how it's going to go. I think we'll see some of those picks traded. Don't be surprised to see the Green Bay Packers jump up in the draft with the amount of ammo they, oh, they have will. in the draft. They will. Gutekunst has his eye on the future. I don't think Brian Gutekunst necessarily thinks they're out of it this year, but I think he's looking ahead. I don't think Mike McCarthy's his guy. I don't think Mike McCarthy was ever his guy. He was handed Mike McCarthy with two years on his deal because they gave McCarthy a one-year extension before they signed or uh, uh, hired Gutekunst to be the GM. All of the signs point to, it's kind of like when all of the animals start to flee the volcano before it erupts. They know like a few days before humans do something bad's happening. Uh-huh. All the animals are leaving the, uh, the Lambo volcano. Right. So, okay. Brian Gutekunst has a plan. All the personnels, all the changes, safety, the trades, Rams, all that kind of stuff. There's a game this Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's in Foxborough. It's against the Patriots. I tried to start the conversation about this game with the whole Rodgers and Brady thing, which we didn't even get to. 
You didn't even give your, your take on that whole thing. Uh, uh, yeah, it's bull crap. This, I'm with this, you. I don't even have anything to does say. Does this on. solve anything? Okay. No, no, because in the end, even if Rodgers has a great game, dominates the game, plays better than Ted uh, than than Tom Brady, what are Patriots fans going to say? The rings. We got all the rings. Like, okay, anybody who loves football and knows football would say Aaron Rodgers is the more gifted of the two quarterbacks, physically gifted of the two quarterbacks. Okay, and if you disagree with that, then you're just being a homer. Tom Brady can't run. He's never been able to run. He he is not the player that Aaron Rodgers is. He can't throw on the run. Well, Tom Brady can throw in almost any way, but he runs so slow, it's like he's walking anyways. Uh, Tom Brady does not have the athletic gifts that Aaron Rodgers had. Tom Brady has a brain. He's a very smart player. He knows what to do on the field. He's got command. He's totally in control of his offense. He does have an arm. He used to be able to chuck it downfield really well, uh, the Randy Moss years and whatnot. Tom Brady is a fantastic quarterback. Both of them are two of the top quarterbacks to ever have played the game. This will settle literally nothing, okay? Because no matter what, there will always be questions. So it doesn't matter. It's It doesn't matter. Besides, they also don't play on the field at the same time. So right. the whole argument is really stupid. Right. No, I agree. I agree. It doesn't, so, it doesn't really solve a whole lot. The Patriots are at home, though. Brady's really good there. The Do you want to guess what the record is all time in the series between these two teams? Do you know how many times they've played each other? I have no including idea. Including the uh, Super Bowl? Super Bowl? No clue. Take a guess. So it would have been the 60s. The Patriots would have... Was it the 60s? Came into the league, maybe the 70s. Um, 70s. Was it the 70s? Mm-hmm. They weren't part of the AFL? Because the AFL merged in the 60s. Uh, they might have been, but this is NFL. NFL okay, so, so what I'm saying is the AFL merged in in the 60s. So if they were part of the original AFL, which I believe they were. Yes, they were, because they were that dumb patch. So they were part of the original AFL. Uh, let's say that they've played... 25 times? 11. Oh. Including the Super Bowl. And with this latest victory that the Packers secured in 2014, which is ironically the best game that Mike McCarthy has ever, ever coached, right. the Packers took the 6-5 lead. Nice. So they played each other 11 times. The Packers did win in New England in 2002, coming off the Patriots' first Super Bowl championship with Brady and Belichick. Right. They kind of took a step back the following year, and that was when the Packers had Terry Glenn mm-hmm. and... Marcus Anderson was at safety and Favre was quarterback and Brady had a terrible game and he threw a bunch of picks and no, you know what? The other thing is even, even though it was counted as a loss, that Matt Flynn game was so fun to watch. It was fun to watch. And, and, and NBC Sunday night football on NBC posted the Dan Connolly kickoff touchdown and like put a crying avatar. And I was so petulant and angry that I, I tweeted it with comment and I said, yeah, and the, don't forget about the convicted murderer catching a touchdown in that game too. Wow, which was so, uh, which was like the total fart in an elevator. Which I I yeah I take full responsibility for my child. Yeah, don't actions. fart, people. Don't fart in an elevator. Okay, take note. Don't do that. Okay, uh, a couple more questions here. What do you think Brashad Breeland's uh, role is going to be? Uh, I don't know. I would just love to see him active on game day first, so I know if he can still play I football. Think with the depth in the corner group, he's the last guy off the bench. He'll be the last guy coming off the bench. But Tony he, Brown, the depth. Oh yeah. Well, will Tony Brown be active? He wasn't last week. So I would assume Breland will be the active guy and Brown will be sitting in sweatpants. So I'd say Breland's the last corner off the bench in the game, but man, that's some great depth. That corner group is there's some fantastic depth. What a freaking turnaround. In one well, because group. you finally have a group where if any guy comes in, they've got a strength. Yeah. You're not relying on Dimitri Goodson and Quentin Rollins. I'm very interested to try to make a play. I'm, I'm interested to, to see Breland Lindsay grow, Pipkins or grow into a real role. Ladarius Gunter. Will they okay? How many years did they sign Berlin to? Was it a two year deal or one? No, it was just this year. Just this year. The, and those deals are tough for me because, like, I see a guy like that and it, I'd love to have him around for longer, 
Uh, obviously, he got paid less than what he wanted to make. You know, he was going to make $8 million with the Panthers, $8 million a year or something like that. Yeah. And, and so to come into Green Bay, he had to take a cheaper deal. He probably didn't want a longer deal at, cheap, at, a, at a cheap cost. He's wanting to prove himself and get back out there for a free agency. But uh, we'll see what Breland does. I, I, I'm excited to see him, but I'm not expecting much right away. He's going to see the field, but it's not going to be a ton. Uh, okay, so matchup-wise, well, first of all, the Patriots are hot. They've won five games in a row. Mm-hmm. They started out one and two. They've won five in a row since then. They're four and zero at home. They haven't lost at home. They beat the Chiefs. They look good. They look like their usual selves. James White is destroying defenses everywhere, and he's exactly the kind of player who, different defensive coordinator, but he's exactly the kind of player who, in the past, has absolutely befuddled the Packers' defense. Right. Mike Pettin is familiar with the way Bill Belichick thinks, although he hasn't coached against Bill Belichick in a long time because Patton used to be with the Jets, but that was years and years and years ago. None of the players are still there. So is that, is that going to help? Do you think the Packers defense can have a repeat performance? I think, I think Patton's going to try to take away the middle of the field. It's what they used to do when he was with the Jets, when he was coaching for Rex Ryan, that's what they used to try to do to New England is take away the, the, the middle of the field, the short passing routes that Brady likes to use and either force him to, to dump it off or chuck it deep on the sideline, right? So they're going to they're gonna try to take that stuff away. Uh-oh, I can't hear myself. Oh, it's just this thing. It doesn't matter. As long as everybody else can hear me. All right. Okay, so scary moment. I thought the show broke. So they're <laughs> going to try to force them to throw it outside or, or, the, or the check down pass. So check down pass, uh, hell yeah, that's going to be white. I mean, that, that's where he's going to come into play. They're going to need to figure out how to shut him down. Gronk has not been impressive this year, so I'm not too concerned he's, about he's Gronk. He's a mess. He's a mess this year. He's not healthy. I think, he, I think I heard he has one target in the red zone. One target. For, he's got – I think his back is bothering. He's just – he's not healthy. He's I, not healthy. For once in my life, I'm, fine, I'm not worried about Gronk. Gronk is going to have like one catch for seven yards. Right. It's not, he's not going to – they're all, how are we going to match up with Gronk and who's going to cover him? It doesn't matter. That's not the concern it's not, anymore. It's not, not, not the issue. Now, not, not, to say, not to say that Gronk, you know, isn't somebody you should think about, but it's not the top concern. James White is definitely the concern on the offense. They're going to need to sh- figure out how to shut him down. Well, you got, Can you they? Got, well, you got, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do there because you, you also have Hogan, and I think this could be another game where because Alexander shadowed Brandon Cooks uh-huh. last week, and so does he shadow... Does he shadow, uh, you know, Josh Gordon? Okay. Is Josh Gordon going to get a bunch of snaps? Is Jair Alexander going to shadow him? Is he going to shadow Hogan? Because Hogan's an outside receiver. Right. I still think Jair can play on the outside. Uh, you you got to put your best guy on their best guy. I think Gordon's their best guy. So, well, even Hogan. Though he's, no, I would say Hogan. I'd I, say no, Chris Hogan. I, I, think, I, think, I think Gordon's their most talented guy. He's their best receiver who's still getting rolling in the offense. He's still new there. He's still new there. So, that's where my question is. Who, Hogan, Hogan and, Hogan and uh, Brady are like Jordy and and Rodgers. Mm. So that's to Wait, me is a more dangerous. Okay. So you would say they should put Jair on Hogan. That or something. Honestly, I I think they should put him on Gordon and they should let Josh Jackson or Kevin King take. Actually, you know, with Kevin King's size, with Kevin King's size, I'm putting him on Josh Gordon. I don't trust Josh. One of Josh Gordon's best abilities is that he's that he's physical. Like he's a big, he's a big strong receiver. So that's one of the things that Kevin King can match up well against. So maybe I want him there or Josh Jackson there and let Jair, he's a shorter guy, smaller guy, let him go up against another shorter, smaller guy in, in Hogan. I just don't trust I don't trust Josh Gordon to have have that much of a of an impact. Mm-hmm. Julian Edelman's is your slot guy and he's a factor. I just I don't I don't know. Well, I have great news. They're deep at corner, so I think they'll figure it they'll out. Here's the, here's something that with James White. 
with Tremont moving back to safety, he would be the guy, probably. I mean, he's going to play free safety, but if I'm going to have anybody at the safety position be responsible for anybody coming out of the backfield, I, I kind of want that to be Tremont. Because do you trust Josh Jones to come in and cover somebody? I don't know if I trust Josh Jones to play any safety. He's on, He's not on the field for a reason. Right. It's just like Jeff Janis, right? For years, everybody wanted Jeff Janis on the field so badly. Man, bring in Jeff Janis. You can move Jeff Janis to safety. He could play linebacker. How many positions could Jeff Janis play? I think it was like everything on the defense, Jeff Janis could have switched over. Jeff Janis, very talented individual, could you couldn't imagine, see the field, right? Could you imagine if they ever fake punted and Janis like was took the snap and he threw a touchdown pass? Uh, that would have that would have like quarterback <laughs> controversy. Talk about melting the internet. <laughs> So, uh, so Josh Jones to me is a little bit in the Jeff Janis world. He's he's uber talented guy. We all want to see on the field. Uh, he he's a, a great athlete. I'm not so sure that he gets the game mentally. I think that's his struggle. He's got the the gifts to play it, but we need to see him get on the field and put it together. And I'm not saying he's stupid. We don't know that. I'm saying he hasn't seen the field, so something is wrong there. There is something wrong with his game that the Packers don't like. That's why they're not playing him on defense. So if you're going to – I would say the Packers will probably bring a, uh, a safety up into the box a few times. Who's that going to be? I don't want to put Tremont in the box. I'm not doing it that way. Oren Burks Oren Burks hasn't really done a ton since he's been back from his injury. Do maybe you try to – I don't want to try to cover James White with Oren Burks. I can't. I literally don't know how. Well, I'll tell you what. He might not be ready to do that this season, but that's what you got Oren Burks for. That's right, exactly that the it. type of matchup you have Burks for. He's got to be. He's got to be able to step up and do that because Hogan and Edelman are both going to get their catches. I think they'll put King on Hogan. I think Jair Alexander probably shadows Edelman, maybe Gordon, and then I just I don't know. Josh Gordon to me doesn't doesn't really scare me a ton. And I say Josh Jackson, give him a shot. Let him let him try out there on the outside. Let's see what he can do. Amigo Jones says uh, Tremont will be covering Gronk, and I, I think that's a, a wise choice. I, I think that would be good. However, actually, who I'd really like to see on Gronk, I think I would like to see Josh Jackson covering Gronk. I know I mentioned it before, but I forgot about Gronk. Josh Jackson needs to be the one covering Gronk because he's long and he's physical, and Gronk is so so big that it's easy for him to make plays just because of his sheer size. But if you put a guy on him that's got a lot of length and athletic ability, it's going to be a struggle for, for Brady to get him the ball. So I think Josh Jack Josh Jackson needs to be the one covering Gronk. I think um, somebody is going to have to take care of James White. I do think that's going to be a safety, and I do think it's going to be Tremont. That's who I think is taking care of White. If Tremont, I will tell you this right now. I already don't. I already don't feel good about this uh, outcome of this game. If Tremont Williams is covering James White, I absolutely don't feel good about it. Well, do you feel good about it in any other? Like, who, what are you going to do? Put Jair on him? Like, you can't. Jair's playing outside corner. That's where he's going to be. So, it's going to be a safety or it's going to be a linebacker. It's got to be both. You better. You're going to have to double, double him. You, yeah. James okay. White isn't the type of player you have to double. Unfortunately, he's. You, you do. You have to. You kind of have to have him accounted for. Right. He's more dangerous. He's, he's, more, gonna, he's more dangerous than any of those wide receivers, Gronkowski. Combined. The reason he's more dangerous and the reason he's playing well is because he is matched up on linebackers and safeties. That, I mean, that is, that, that's got to be huge for his game. And that's, what, that's probably what we're going to see. Amigo Jones says lots of zone. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop pretending to be a defensive coordinator for a minute and just say, I don't know. Packers I don't, don't know how they're going to stop Packers it. Packers play zone. It, it never ends well. It's not the NFL. Well, at least it's it like, used to not end well. It does, it's not the way the NFL works anymore, though. You can't play pure zone and still win in the NFL on defense. It just doesn't work that way. So, okay, we got a couple minutes left. Got a few minutes left. 
I I know that we save our predictions for the pregame show. Right. I think you already kind of know which way I'm leaning. I the but so instead of what is going to happen, is this a must win? Yes. Oh not, yeah. Not mathematically is, but is this a must no, win? No, to me, this is a must win. They they need to get over this hump of. Uh, this is a team. The Packers are a team that should literally be able to compete with anybody in the league. They need to get over the hump, and they need to beat a team that nobody thinks they can beat. I did my. I'm, I'm going through my pick'em uh, league, and I'm making my picks. And percentage-wise, all the people that are picking the Patriots, I think the Packers are being picked like 23 percent of the time. For those of you wondering, the line is six, right? So New England is six-point uh, favorites in this one. And your point earlier before we went on is that you get three points for being at home. So that basically is a three-point. Game, Vegas thinks it's going to be a close game. Right. I don't know what the over-under is, but Vegas thinks it's going to be close. Yeah, Vegas thinks it'll be close. So, let's. Not, I'm not going to give a score today. I'll no, say, I'm no. going to save my score for the pregame yeah, show. I just, is, it, is it a must-win? And you said? I said yes. And your reasoning is? Because they need to get over the hump and prove they can do it. They need to do it right now. Get your shit together. Start winning right now. Do it against one of the best teams in the league. And, and, th- and that can be a thing that swings your team in the right direction. They need to win this game because they're they're on a long stretch of tough games where they had to go to to Los Angeles. Now they're going to New England, and then they have to go to Seattle. You know that there's a long stretch here of games where they're back and forth on both sides of the country. They need to figure out how to win a, a few of these games in this next stretch. When I was talking to Andy Herman, I was on Pack a Day this week. I was talking to him. I said they need to go three and one in the next four games. That's a lot to ask. If they don't win, the, I think it's a must win in the sense that they need to gain confidence. They can beat really, really good teams and they're on the road. And they haven't won a game on the road. If they lose this game, they only have one. Theoretically, they only have one more statement game left on their schedule. And that's at Minnesota. Right. With which they can say, hey, we're good. We can beat this team. They, they should have beat them at home. But that's at home. Right. They got to win some road games. They haven't won anything on the road yet. It's a tough task to ask for you to beat the Rams, but they should have. And I think had they beaten the Rams. I think we're having a totally different conversation right now. And we're like, man, you beat the Patriots. You are rolling. Right. So I think it's a must win just in the sense of for the, for the confidence of the locker room. But if, okay, let's say they don't, let's say they don't, but they play them tough. It's kind of like the Rams game again. How do you feel? It's tough to know because we'll know more when you're actually in the moment, but how do you feel if they don't win this game moving forward? What are you expecting? I, I don't, I, I don't think even if they make the playoffs, I, I, I'm, they can still win 11 games if they ran the table after that. Yeah, but it sucks that it would come down to running the table. <laughs> that, that's I, I don't believe in a team that comes to, comes to a point where they have to run the, the table. Especially only halfway through the season. Um, So I would say I'm out on this team. I mean, out on them winning a Super Bowl. Let them surprise me. If, they, if, they, if they lose. If they lose, I am out on them winning a Super Bowl. Because I think the biggest issue with this team is not talent but it's an inability to get their crap together when they need it. And they show up to a game and they play a part of the game on each side of the ball where the offense played to start that Rams game. The offense played the first few drives. Fantastic, right? They were great. Then it stopped and the defense was playing really well. Then it stopped. Then it all came back together and they were in it and able to be competitive at the end of the game and get a chance to win. But I don't, that shouldn't happen anymore, but that's like every game. That's like every week. Every week is the same story of, well, the defense played for half the game. The defense played for a quarter of the game. The offense played for half the game. The offense played for a quarter of the game. You know, they beat the Bears, and it was like the offense only played for a quarter and a half. 
every week. Right. But but that's not just every week this year. That's every week for the last three years. So if they don't win this game, I'm t- I'm totally giving up on them ever putting it together because that this season this season right with, with McCarthy. McCarthy with McCarthy. So where I'm at on McCarthy is I I believed for a long time the Packers are there's something in there that we're not seeing. There's there's something in there with the Green Bay Packers that Mike McCarthy's not pulling out yet, but he's going to figure it out, and they're going to pull it out, and someday we're going to see this team click. That started three years ago. I started feeling that way, and it hasn't stopped. I mentioned this a few shows ago. Uh, Chris Christofko of Titletown Soundoff wrote an article three years ago, an article that, that the expira- expiration date for Mike McCarthy had passed. He was right then. He is right now, and it sucks that the Packers have wasted three seasons with Aaron Rodgers on a guy who should have been gone probably then. And I don't hate Mike McCarthy. I love McCarthy. I think he's going to go somewhere and win. I think, I, I, I think that he's, he's going to go somewhere and create a winning culture for another team and win a lot of games for another team. His time in Green Bay is over. So after the collapse in Seattle, because that's right when it would have been when Chris would have made that call, it was time to let him go then. That was enough evidence that he could not yes. get his corral his team to right. overcome and then, the most disastrous loss in the playoffs. And then he and then that defense had been bad for a long time already by then, right? And then he continues to keep Dom Capers. Like we all knew for a long time it was time for Dom Capers to go. And McCarthy decides to keep him. And we all hated that that he stayed for so long. But one of the things that I think we forget is that McCarthy is the one that pulls the plug. And he refused to do it. And so the way that the team was set up before, before Brian Gutekunst got there, I didn't believe Mike McCarthy would ever be fired by Ted Thompson. It was never going to happen. He, he, the guy could, could play five players on offense and five players on take defense. A dump in a laundry, game. He can take a dump in a laundry basket in somebody's closet. Thank you, Najee Davenport. Uh, yeah, so McCarthy, I think his time is done, and Brian Gutekunst is just the guy to make it happen. Now, Andy Herman asked me, so what about the new, the new setup in Green Bay um, – that Mark Murphy has a say that Gutekus doesn't have the say of who gets fired when it's up to, it's a, it's up to Mark Murphy. I think that Mark Murphy does make the final decision, but will fully support whatever Gutekus wants to do because Gutekus needs a fair shot to hire his own guy. He's going to need a fair shot to hire his own guy. So I think I, you know, I, I, again, I think we've kind of, we kind of gone through and talked about what this what this weekend needs to be and what it's right. what it what it has to be. The Packers really do need to make they need to win this game and make a statement if they're going to do anything special this season. If they don't, I already think the loss to the Rams is probably going to be going to be really tough for this team to overcome. And there's right. been a lot of negative fallout. There's just there's a lot they're battling beyond what's going on on the field right. in in terms of energy and vibe. And yeah, they traded away some of the problems, but I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to overcome it and they're going to be you be able to get past it there. You never know what kind of stuff's going on in the locker room. And, and these guys are going to say the right things to try to keep the, keep themselves together, keep themselves right. motivated. But I don't know. I just, I just really don't know. So we will be back next week to one, break this one, thing one, down. One, one last thing. I, right. I want to respond to Caden. Okay. He says, Mike's not going anywhere uh, with Rogers in his corner. Let me tell you something, Mike. Aaron Rodgers is not in Mike McCarthy's corner. He's not. Uh, how long have we seen Aaron Rodgers bash Mike McCarthy? Like basically subtweet in, in with the media, like basically saying crap about Mike McCarthy indirectly for years, for years. Right. And it happened this year already. Right. Right. So Aaron Rodgers is not in his corner. Well, and I don't know if he means in his corner, just in terms of he's under contract and he is the quarterback in green Bay. Mike McCarthy's never going to leave willingly 
with Aaron Rodgers still Maybe there, that. unless he gets asked to leave. Maybe that. That might be what he means. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure. I want to mention theticketking.com. They're one of our sponsors. They've been a sponsor of ours for a long time. It's a great place to great place to get your Packers tickets, especially for home games. There's no other way to see the Packers other than on the secondary market. And the Ticket Kings are the small guys with great service. Go check them out right. for your Packers tickets or venue tickets anywhere, anytime. They've got the office right next to Lambeau Field. Great place to go pick up your tickets on the way to the game. Boom. Verified and guaranteed. Jeremy's got a story that will make you all want to go to the Ticket King next time you need tickets instead of buying them from unreliable sources. You want to hear that now? No. We'll tell that story some other time. Again, Jason Perrone at Cheesehead TV. I am at Jason Perrone on Twitter. Jeremy Vanderlinden is at Jeremy RVDL. The show you can follow is at CHTV Live. Hopefully, we're talking about a Packers victory over the Patriots and a huge statement win and all the other good things that come with it after several days of partying and celebrating. Who knows? But until then, the game is on Sunday night. Enjoy it on prime time. For those of you in the Phoenix area, Jeremy and I will be at the watershed in Tempe. Come, come see, see us. us. Come see us. We'll be doing giveaways, and we're going to be we're going to be doing the pregame show about and a half hour the before game, kickoff. After the Packers win, you can call the voicemail. Give us a call, and we'll we'll possibly put your voicemail on the show. The number is nine two zero three nine five nine zero three zero. You can also text that number. That will go right to my phone. Even if you just want to text and say hi because you're lonely, just come say hi to me. Ask us questions. Send us your thoughts. Send us your concerns. But no, we will be we will be back. Next week, Jason and Jeremy for Cheesehead TV Live. Thank you for listening to Cheesehead TV Live. Check out CheeseheadTV.com for more great Packers content.